0: here. Who cares? Blog Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up the world, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. In your mind, in your heart, gain new knowledge, for a fresh new start, and Jane Netfer will bring you there. So let's talk about. And the sun is shining, I can't believe it, but it's 19 degrees over here And this is going to be really fun Well, we had a miracle yesterday Joe Biden won and Camilla Harris is the Vice President So we do have something wonderful to talk about But FBI agent, former FBI agent Michael Tabman is here And we're going to talk about what's happening in America Good morning, how are you? This is exciting
1: Hey, good morning, friend. nice to be back with you
0: well, with this country reeling in violence, it was really frightening to think that they needed so much security yesterday at the inauguration. What caused this problem to happen, and how did we have a breach, so many security breaches in our government, and who is it behind this protest? Like, we don't know.
1: Right, right. Well, the breaches in this particular case came from a lack of preparation, uh, I'm going to guess a, a sort of a – blind eye to the threat that was posed by uh, Trump supporters. I tend to believe that, you know, they knew it was happening. It's not like it was a secret Yeah. and they sort of felt, well, maybe the Trump supporters, we shouldn't come out there with a, you know, the, he was still the president at the time. And they felt maybe they shouldn't come out there with an overly aggressive show of force. Um, it was a bad call and resulted in tragedy. Uh, so this was not, not on the individual police officers who were stuck with it, but from a managerial level, very poor police work.
0: So, what happened, what did the early requests from the city's police go on, go not created? Why did didn't they pay attention to them?
1: Well, they should have. Yeah, I think they just had a blind eye to what really the threat was. Yeah. I tend to agree with everybody who said if this had been a Black Lives Matter or you know, other minority group that would have been out there in force, yeah. riot gear, You know what they should have been ready for. Sometimes a show of force is what you need, and uh, they just didn't do it, and they paid a price for it—a very severe price.
0: You have to see. I just got on my on my cell phone. This gets to me so annoyed because Biden just became president yesterday, and they're already slamming him. Let's see, brilliant brilliant person. This is Ted Cruz slams Biden for rejoining Paris Climate Agreement. Oh well, get over yourself.
1: You know, mm-hmm. that, that gets to
0: me. Um, so if this were Trump supporters, they they treated them differently. And if, why film there? Why let everybody know what you were doing? I watched that. I was, like, terrified, especially for the senators and people that were inside.
1: Well, you know, Fran, we got to look at what we have here. We have a bunch of extremists who tend to yeah. be, you know, sort of a certain personality. You know, they don't think with their thinking parts, uh, you know, always of thinking with their emotions at the moment, which are easily manipulated, and we can see that uh, just by what they did and what they hope to accomplish, it was ridiculous. They uh, killed a police officer, and others died, all for what? For something that they they had no chance of succeeding at, which was uh, stopping the government from uh, inaugurating a new president. Uh, you know, and where do they go from here? Now they're all facing jail time, as Donald Trump you know, runs off to Mar-a-Lago. So you know like I say this probably was not a faction of the Mensa society out there, but just a bunch of a bunch of activists uh, who aren't using their brains, just using their emotions, uh, trying to figure out why the world can't be they want it the way they want it to be, and that's how they react. And and I'm hoping that the U.S. attorney does come forth with the most serious charges available. And mm-hmm. you know on on Facebook and social media, like you, I see a lot of uh, trying to downplay the seriousness of this, which I can't understand uh, yeah. given that you know, what they did to police officers besides what they did to the government. And, you know, sedition, insurrection, rebellion, all those may sound over the top. I know some people say, oh, come on, but it all fit. If you read the definition of those statutes, those are the crimes they violated. And if some of them start looking at real serious time, uh, you know, jail time, I'll give them time for some introspection and others who are thinking of taking these actions, uh, some reason to pause and think about it.
0: Yeah, I know, and there was another one on my phone just now How many people he parked yesterday And how many other things that he did And I know that the president overrode them with a whole bunch of executive orders Good for him, I mean really he, And, 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 well, he it, was, and his, his speech yesterday yes. was a bunch of hot air
1: Well, if you think about the irony I, I'm also seeing Republicans are, are upset about the um, Executive orders, but they see, sure seem to support them when Trump was doing them. <laughs> so um, the hypocrisy is just phenomenal, and, and so obvious. And the fact that they just don't care—that they're so obviously yeah. the hypocrisy—is what's so troubling. But you know, you got guys like Ted Cruz and and Josh Hawley, Mo Brooks, uh, oh, yeah. you know, so many Kevin McCarthy—they were complete and total tools of Trump. I don't know how they're not humiliated to wake up every morning and look in the mirror. Jim Jordan, Matt Gates—I I don't know how they do it.
0: Because they have no conscience. I said, I happened to turn on and the television yesterday. no shame, they feel no yesterday. shame. No. I'm sorry, and what? I listened to his, his hot air speech before he left. And I didn't know, I, I looked at those people and I'm saying, are you a bunch of idiots? I mean, okay, you want to support him, you want to agree with him, that's fine, that's your problem. But you're sitting yeah. there with no masks, sitting together, and all that's going to win is the virus. Because all those people don't know it. They're going to get sick. And he looks sick. He didn't look well either. I mean, what is the point? That's scary. The
1: point is because they've been completely manipulated yeah. by Donald Trump uh, to deny yeah. the virus. And, and what I find, uh, not ironic, I don't want to make anything ironic about the virus, but what I don't understand is if we look back in history, heroes are made by crises, a war, yeah. a terrorist attack. And when politicians step up as George bush did after 9 11 you become a hero a lot of people you know just like we were divided then maybe not to the degree now but you can't deny that george bush got up there in his speech Mm -hmm. after 9 11 and he hit it out of the ballpark and you walked away with a feeling that he's got it whatever it is we know it already happened it happened we can't stop that but we need to stop it again from happening again, and you walked away with confidence that he's in control, he recognizes the threat, and he's handling it. And the world, the country and the world came you know, behind him. When the That's- pandemic struck, I hate to say it again, I'm not trying to make light of it, but this was a moment for Donald Trump as president to step up and lead the way. And you know what? If he had, if he had taken control of this, done some crisis management, which, which I have a lot of experience in, I understand it, But if he had done that, he probably would have been reelected.
0: You know, there was uh, a newscast, and I saw it because I have a very good memory for this person in December of last year. And I had something similar to the virus for six months. It wasn't, but it was some strain or something. And it was on the news, and it said there's a virus coming from China and one from whatever. And they told him he was playing. He said, "I told me the flu. I'm going to play golf." I was like, "Are you serious?" This is serious. It could be something awful. He totally ignored it. did not even care. Nothing.
1: Yeah, and I, and I don't know why. Again, he, Donald Trump does only what's good for Donald Trump. We know that. Yeah. But uh, stepping up to the plate here would have been good for Donald Trump as well, not to mention his obligation to protect America as a president. But irrespective of that, he, he could have helped yeah. his own uh, political future had he done the right thing. I don't understand why he chose to, to take this, ignoring it, making fun of it, acting like it's not. I, I don't know why. And then I don't know why all these followers have to prove him right by not wearing the mask and making everybody sick and going to super spreaders. I don't understand that motivation other than just being completely manipulated by one person.
0: Because they don't care, because they have no self-esteem, because he has no self-esteem. He has low self-esteem, and I feel that he needs some serious counseling and help. Seriously. I don't care who it is.
1: The the irony is, and I heard one of the commentators talk about this, he talks tough, but he's really very fragile. You see how he yeah. pouts when he gets away. He, you know, he runs off. He can't go to the inauguration because he can't handle uh, the emotions of it. Yet somehow Hillary Clinton found the yeah. strength to go. Uh, so he is—he's a fragile man. But he reminds me of when I was, a, you know, young teen. You know, locker room talk. with The guys and we always said, you know, those who talk the most do the least. You know, and that's what I, I see Trump—big talker, but nothing to back it up.
0: I have to tell you—I mean, I'm not crazy about Pence, but I have to tell you, I got to give him some respect for what he did. And not what he didn't do, so at least he stepped up a little bit to the plate. But how much can he do with 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 him? So next we have the police chief had to resign because they felt that he felt that they felt it was his fault that this whole thing happened.
1: Well, you know I, I'm a believer in let you know I, I'm believer in investigations. That's what I did, and yeah. when these things happen, a police shooting, whatever, everyone's saying fire the guy, prosecute the guy. I'm always let, let's investigate first and, and then make a decision. Uh, so I would have preferred if uh, we did an investigation of what happened and then hold those accountable, including you know the upper ranks of the police department, uh, and give, but give them a chance to defend themselves, explain you know why or why not a decision was made. Though ultimately we knew this this was going to be the consequence anyway. So they resigned. Uh, they understand the politics of it. They were not going to survive the politics of it, irrespective of any. Sort of defense they can mount for their actions or their decisions. So this is what happens. Uh, ultimately, the top person is going to be held accountable for the performance on his organizational level, which is what this was. It wasn't one individual officer's actions uh, that we're talking about. So he's going to be held liable. Now, that's just the risk of being in management. I knew that during my management, my career in management in the bureau. You're going to have to pay a price sometimes if uh, those below you don't perform well.
0: That's scary. So, who is Nick Oates? What part did he play in this thing?
1: Um, Oates, isn't he the uh, Proud Boys guy? I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, Proud Boys. Yeah, Proud Boys. I look at them like every other uh, of these groups you hear about now. They, they, all these white supremacists, you know, extremist groups. They come and they go. Uh, They may be involved in something like, uh, you know, Charlottesville or something like the Capitol. They get notoriety because that's what they want. Remember, that's what terrorism is, is theater. They want notoriety. But I don't see them as a long-term threat. Uh, I don't see any of them as a long-term threat, and I'll tell you why. I I look back in my career, you know, doing a bureau, and, you know, certainly terrorism was a priority for the bureau. After Timothy McVeigh blew up the Oklahoma City building, Congress got on the FBI, said, you guys aren't monitoring white supremacists enough, and dedicate all this manpower. And we did it, and not really to much avail. Not that white supremacist action was was not a threat, but the existence of Timothy McVeigh didn't really elevate in terms of being a true threat. It was there. They've always been a threat. But we've seen him. We've seen Kaczynski, the bomber. We've seen the other bomber, Eric Rudolph. So we know we have these white supremacist uh, extremists, but organizationally we've managed to keep them in check. We've managed to control them by we, I mean law enforcement, but we got into an era under Trump in which they felt very emboldened. I think they felt protected. Uh, They didn't worry about the FBI coming down hard on them because Mm -hmm. Trump was manipulating all that uh, to a very malleable attorney general. And so, they work with, you know, what they felt was sort of a shield, and maybe it's true. Now, one, they're going to sit there in jail, hopefully, and see that Trump could not protect them after the insurrection at the Capitol. Uh, we will see a sort of more emboldened FBI and Justice Department now who can go after criminals, monitor their activities, and respond swiftly and severely in uh, the way it's necessary. And I think, you know, after there will be maybe several months to a year here of heightened activity, sort of anti biden anti-democratic party right-wing activity but i think it will subside they will not find an ear for it the public will not be as receptive as they may have been when they heard the president having them you know at least a certain segment and and i think they will not disappear but a year from now i don't think you and i'll be talking about the proud boys
0: i was so worried yesterday because of the fact that he had they had it outside and i looked at all the people sitting there I mean, there was a lot of social distancing, but there were a lot of people that were standing close to each other. And then Gothbrook sang and Lady Gaga sang, and they all went into the audience and started hugging everybody. That worried me, too. And he wasn't wearing a mask when he went over to the president. I mean, there was, <laughs> yeah. and I, I was I was surprised, too, that there wasn't anybody stopping him. There was no, no Secret Service. There was nobody stopping him from going over to the president. Normally, I would think that they wouldn't let him go near him. Especially normally that virus. would be that
1: would be true yeah i mean look when i was at the bureau once i got yeah. to be the vice president i, I if i remember that, i think i had to disarm you know as an fbi agent before i got close to the vice president uh you yeah. my close friend to the secret services sorry but you know those are the rules yeah. but um i think and i don't know this just my guess would be that mm-hmm. uh, given the environment we're coming out of and the environment that we hope to get into in this country uh, my guess would be that uh, President Biden said, "You know, I'm going to just take my chances and show unity, show warmth, you know human to human emotion and warmth because um, we 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 do like to hug all of us hug it well, not all of us, right I know my family we're very huggy. we hug all our friends, uh, we hug each other. you know we we're big on that. it's, it's a it's a true human expression uh, of emotion. So I think he he may have just said, let let this happen. Let's show a warm, kind, humane environment which is what I guess, but." Really. What really
0: got me was that I, I haven't seen my family in a year and a half. I haven't gone anywhere at all. And my brother wanted me to come out to New Jersey, and I said I can't because I can't stay in a hotel because it's not safe. Mm-hmm. But what really mm-hmm. made me smile yesterday was that Arlington Cemetery and wherever that Michelle and, and Barack Obama were there, the the uh, Clintons were there, the Bushes were there, and there were so many people to support him. And that was really amazing. The fact that George Bush, Laura, looks great. Um, was there? I was like, this. This is the way it's supposed to be, and unfortunately, this is the way. It was not when he was president, because he only cares about himself. And Melania's speech, she's she has no personality. She is as cold as ice. That's even scarier. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, yeah uh, I, I think we just have to look at Trump and the Trump era as an outlier. I hope. Yeah. And I hope we've learned our lesson. There to be those diehards. Even my friends. Who knows? Are, my friends, we just don't want to admit it, you know, and they say how great he was. and But, yeah, you know, whatever accomplishments you want to attribute to Trump, and I'm sure he has some, and I, I can think of some. But those obviously weren't the important things to the United States, you know, to, to our citizenry. The, the, the virus was outstanding in the world, how we treated mm-hmm. each other, you know, the social discord that came with him, and and, and really the, the increase in hate crime violence that – that followed him because, because of the dog whistles he put out there. I don't know how we could turn a blind eye to that. So uh, hopefully we'll say, eh, this was not a good idea. Maybe we need to go back a little bit to the uh, more traditional approach, which is what Joe Biden is about The traditional approach mm-hmm. you can look at and just hope it works. It, it, it's worked fairly well all these years, not perfectly fairly well, but certainly better uh, than what we've seen over the uh, last four years. And, you know, if I may just tell a quick story, what got to me was, um, you know, back in 2016 I was running for governor here in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember only for a short only for a short time. <laughs> you know, I got in two two months for the primary, but uh, we at shortly before then we had a shooting here at a bar where someone said uh, "Get out of my country" or something to like that effect, and they shot somebody dead. You know, unprovoked. Mm-hmm. And members of that community, which uh, came to me and. And said, you know, we need a guy like you running. I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back, but they said because we feel you could protect us, and you know, it would be based on my law enforcement background. And I remember mm-hmm. how that upset me. Not that you yeah. know, upset me because I mean, I live in a town called Overland Park, Kansas. I mean, I'm like in heaven here. You know, I grew up in New York City. This is this is heaven to me. I don't I don't go out there fearing for my life or fearing getting mugged or, you know, the aggressive. Uh, you know, confrontations I used to have all my years in New York. We don't have that here. It's just a different environment. So to see that kind of hatred permeate what is generally a peaceful society really upset me. And I and I, and I put the fault at the top there, to the, the Donald Trump, who was fostering that kind of environment.
0: You know what's really scary is that people died. People got killed. People got hurt. And nobody's saying anything about it. There were a couple of deaths that day. I know that. And some of the people that wound up in the hospital. And it was as if he said, oh, I'm sorry they died, but it wasn't my fault. Yeah.
1: I mean, well, yeah. And that's what I find so incredible a police officer was killed. So this is coming from people yeah. who represent the so called party of law enforcement, and, you know, which law and order, which I is pretty much for me is a misnomer for them. Uh, and yet they're able to justify that kind of action, attacking police officers, trying to do their job. What is what more despicable than that? What is more of disrespect for law and order than that? And I hope people are held liable for felony murder, you know, responsible for death, whether directly or I hope indirectly. So too. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, on February 10th, um, I didn't announce this yet, but I'm going to after I announce the show's coming up. Um, I'm doing a show honoring men and women in blue with <laughs> Bruce Coffin, David Putnam, and Lance Russo. I was supposed to have a a state trooper, but her boss said she couldn't do it. And basically, all I wanted her to tell was what she does and how important she was, but they wouldn't let her do it. And I was kind of disappointed.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. I'm not crazy about, um, you know, people who are active duty. Now, not retired. You know, you can't talk in heads.
0: Yeah, that's right, yeah.
1: you, You probably should stay off the media and not make a spectacle. You know, you're not there for entertainment. You're there to do a job. I'm not even crazy about, you know, those cop shows, which are real life. And the media oh, follows I like the cops around. I, I, I got my issues with that. It's um, I think it's exploiting law enforcement. It puts their motivation in question. Um, yeah. I know it's entertaining. I know they're very popular. I'm just not a great supporter of it.
0: So why did the Pentagon officials place strict limitation on the national guard? And Let me tell you something. I was nervous for those guys yesterday. I watched them set up, and I'm watching them, and I'm saying, just hope nobody tries to take one of them out, and yet three of them got killed on a helicopter this morning or yesterday.
1: Well, you know, accidents will happen. Bad things will happen. Yes, all yeah, all the training and preparation in the world can't prepare for bad things happening. Unfortunately, but this was a show of force. Uh, plain and simple, a massive amount of National Guard, uh, as we see, uh, very intimidating physical barricades to keep people from going in, and anybody who thought about it, probably rethought that. They saw those barricades and said, well, what would it take to breach that security? And then even if we got to the other side, when we're facing all these National Guardsmen and law enforcement, I'm pretty sure if they'd done that, they'd get one, maybe two warnings, maybe a second warning uh, before the Guardsmen opened fire. They were not gonna risk their lives and the lives of the president and all these guests and dignitaries, uh, you know, for that kind of insane action. So given the environment, uh, anyone, it would have been a death wish to try to uh, infiltrate there.
0: Does he keep his, his uh, secret service and all the rest of that? You had to hear him, he say, I'll be back. Don't worry, in four years I'm coming back, Yo, God forbid. Um, does well, he keep all everything? Or unless, of course, he gets impeached, then he can't run for anything. That would be interesting.
1: Right. Uh, so my understanding is it used to be a, a lifetime of uh, protection like Jimmy Carter still has, secret for yeah. service, uh, but I believe in more recent history, I don't remember under which administration, I think it changed to 10 years. Uh, oh, that's good. With the kind of belief the belief being that, you know, uh, a president's knowledge of, you know, the inside information after 10 years is really not going to be that dangerous should he be kidnapped or whatever um, because of changing technology in the, in the information world now. So, um, that, and I kind of agree with that. I, I think this you know, continued protection is is a little ridiculous. Not 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 that next president shouldn't be shown some sign of respect and dignity, but it's a lot of manpower. It's a lot of um, taxpayer expense.
0: Well, I worry about Biden because he's 78 years old. I worry about that. He's really good. I mean, he's calm. He doesn't get upset. And I don't know Camilla Harris. I I'm, I'm not sure about her. yet, but he must have had his reasons. He has an interesting cabinet so far. So. Yeah, you know, look,
1: he, he said what he did, what he said he's going to do, make it diverse, make it reflect America. I think that's mm-hmm. uh, really important. Look, I was, uh, Joe Biden wasn't my first pick. I was a Mayor Pete guy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just felt he was just so bright, unflappable, and just mm-hmm. a thinker, you know, a true, you know, a true thinker. And, um, you know, despite his, his youth and, some, you know, somewhat inexperienced, I, I realize he was a mayor of a small town. But, uh, look, we just... <laughs> elected someone else who wasn't had no political experience where did that get us but i think uh he had enough he was served in the military and I was just thinking, what will Pete against Donald Trump look like in a debate? <laughs> you know, I wouldn't want to, want do to go it. up against. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think i do well in that, but I would not want to go up against Mayor Pete. <laughs> you know, he just comes off as so articulate and intelligent and thoughtful, and he doesn't hesitate. The thoughts are right there. So um, I, I think he's in for a very uh, strong political future. But to answer your question, uh, you're right. I mean, Joe Biden is old. We have to think about that. I'm sure he'll... As the years go on, he'll decide whether or not it's his, his uh, you know, ability to run again. But, you know, he's, he has a job to do. He has a very broken nation right now yeah. uh, in terms of, you know, not just the pandemic, but you, what you and I have been talking about, the, the, the division, yeah. the hostility, the, you know, the anger we all have at each other. And uh, he's, he's got a task ahead of him. And, you know, again, I hope he rises to the occasion, uh, just as mm-hmm. I wished uh, Trump had risen to the occasion of fighting the pandemic. I certainly didn't want to see him fail at the cost of 400,000 lives. You know, uh, the president's the president. We're we're there. We're stuck with whoever the president is, our party or not. And uh, his success or her success is our success.
0: Well, he kept saying that this virus is nothing. I really – it was four days and I'm fine. Personally speaking, I'm not sure he really had it because my doctor's wife had it and she died. And I, I broke my heart. Because I was with her for two hours Buying glasses and chewing the fat And then I got a call the week after And they said, you better get tested Because guess who's got COVID And she died October 29th I had to get tested three times Then my cousin had it in assisted living He got it from the nurses It took him three months And then I was on the air last month And um, December 2nd My hairdresser texted me and said I don't know how to tell you this But I've got COVID And little expletives that came out of my mouth Oh my God I had to cancel the show. I was like, holy, you You got to be kidding me!" So this is not a joke. He he makes so light of it. Like he, like I was well in four days. I wonder really if he had it. That's what. Well, that's you know, the thing, the, yeah, but how many I of us know.
1: are going to be rushed? How many of us can be rushed to Walter Reed and given the top-level care that? Yeah, know. That The president of the United States gets. Uh, and, and look, the reality is, most people get over it. Uh, they, yeah. they survive and without. But but the you know I I don't want to risk being one that small percentage. Uh, Who doesn't? Yeah. Even if you survive it, you know, there's some long-term consequences. Obviously, I don't want to take that risk. So like you, my wife and I sit home a lot after, you know, what we always felt was a fairly active social life. But now we're sitting home, and and, uh, we'll just have to deal with it. We don't like it. We don't like it any more than anybody else does. But it it just is what it is. It's what uh, the hand life has dealt us for the moment. Uh, So, again, I, I don't know why Trump denied the threat here. I don't know what his motivation was.
0: I don't know either. My my whole family in Florida had it. My three nephews and my two nieces all had it. And I didn't know. They didn't tell me until they were mm. done with it. And they still have residual effects after four or five months of being tired and stuff. Wow,
1: and, and they're young. And these are young kids, right?
0: Well, they're, they're young, young like me.
1: My nephew, my niece, is
0: 50-something, but my niece just turned 20. The one whose song oh, dropped really? on, yeah, a, on more January of your... 1st. I've
1: seen your pictures on... Yeah, I see your picture on Facebook. I usually, uh, they, uh, <laughs> you post them to young ones. That's my, gr- <laughs> that's
0: my Carly. Yeah. She's got an <laughs> ether heart out and it dropped on the first and her video dropped on the 15th. And yeah, she's a trip and a half, but she had it and she didn't tell me. And what worries me because they're all still walking around without masks and stuff and not, not enough, too much socializing and they don't quite get it. What can I say? Mm-hmm. So. We have the twenty fifth amendment do you think they're going to be able to impeach him, and how did this whole thing put a put a strain on poor Pence? I mean I'm not crazy about Pence, but he did step up to the plate to a point
1: uh he he did um but like you know my feeling is yeah all right great, but um no a little late a little late Mike <laughs> you know you you've uh, been a sycophant to this president you you know sat there looking at him with like you know stars in your eyes and, um you know he 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 also went out there I remember during the campaign saying yes we flattened The curve and, and he Perpetuated Trump's lies so Yes I'm glad he did this he stepped Up to plate now but I don't you know forgive His four years of being part of that uh, You know lying machine um, uh, You know it, you know, Coming back you know for these Senators after the riots say I changed My mind a little late you know people Have died now you're changing your mind on what was A, a lie and they knew it To be a lie um, You know I don't know that Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley and the others, Mo Brooks, will be held accountable. By certainly, hope in some capacity they are, but I got my doubts. I'm not really sure how 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 we're going
0: to hold them accountable. That's that's what's really scary. Um, mm-hmm. That they don't they don't even they don't have they have no remorse, nothing. They just think that whatever they can do is right. Josh Hawley uh, book was was turned down. There's a company that just took it and said they're going to they're going to publish it. Some independent publishing company is going to take it because Simon and Schuster said they won't take it. So he's going to get published no matter what. And yeah, but was, you know,
1: as you and uh, as, as I, you and I know, if I had Simon, yeah. yeah, if I had Simon and Schuster yeah. publishing my books, I, yeah. I, I think I'd, uh, my royalty checks would be a whole lot bigger. You know, so um, yeah, I, I, you know, getting a small independent is nice, is not quite the same as getting Simon and Schuster.
0: Well. As a reviewer, and I, I don't know, but the post office isn't delivering very much of anything, and I have like forty-two interviews coming between now and June, and I think thirty of them I don't have the book. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't know that they sent them. It's it's really it's really weird. That that it, whatever. But I can you know, they reviewer,
1: could, um, Do you like the book? You don't like Kindle, do you? I, I think I remember that you don't like reading off a of Kindle, right?
0: No, I won't read e-books. Uh-oh. But all I know yeah, is yeah, yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah. It it's it, it's upsetting because she, I don't get anything. But if they if they ask me to review his book, I'll pass. I can tell you now, <laughs> definitely I, don't, I would pass on this one. I passed on a health well, and that's the right thing
1: too. to I do. Like, what? I'm sorry, Fran. I, I cut you off if I say that's the right thing to do if you know you already have this bias.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and, and you question whether you'll be fair. That's the right thing to do. It's kind of recuse yourself from doing that.
0: Yeah. I would not. No, I I can't put my name on something that's negative to me. I won't do that, and I don't do negative book reviews or negative that. But if they want an honest account, they might not like what I write. <laughs> what can I say? So.
1: No, I, I like the way it, you do that. You tell people uh, if you don't like it, you'll tell them, but you won't publish it. I mean, what's more, what's fairer yeah. than that?
0: You know, right. Oh, I, I've I've done that as a matter of fact. It's funny. I had a book um, that was about. It was called "Build a Better Life in Your Backyard." It was well written, really well written, but. Some of the things that the author wrote I disagreed with And I told the publishers I said look I think that the book is well written He's got his own ideas But there's some things that are definitely Over the top that I disagree with And I don't want to say that She said well go ahead and disagree So I did I wrote what I thought, but not negative. I said, you know, if he did this, I don't think that this would work well ever. So she said that Walter would appreciate it if you don't publish your review.
1: <laughs> yeah. Said, All right. So you don't usually. I What's said I'll think about
0: there? that. I didn't. I, I I did. I I have it on my on my computer. I just didn't publish it. But I cracked up laughing. I said, you told me to write what I wanted. What could I say? And and it was honest. It wasn't really. He had a hundred people over to live in his uh, backwood uh, uh, house. Hoping that they didn't steal from him Eating, drinking from paper cups I go like, I don't think so So anyway (laughs) Trump yesterday said on his speech That he was coming back What do you think his main goal is now? Which is really scary to think that he's going to get reelected in four years To stroke his
1: ego To feel feel important To be in the limelight uh, To receive adulation From people That's what drives this man And uh, and, again, none of that is bad, uh, but it's just what he does with that power that he has. I mean, he does. He has tremendous influence over his followers. It's, it's, it, you know, it's, it's kind of incredible to look at how he, he speaks and people just act. Uh, but, unfortunately, uh, at least in my opinion, he doesn't use that power for the greater good. He uses it for his own, uh, his own good. So I think that's his goal. I don't think he's going to be a candidate, again, for, for a number of reasons Other, besides what just happened we got four years to go. Other Republicans are going to rise to the occasion. Mm. There'll be other superstars in the Republican Party that will want to run for president. Trump had his chance. He blew it. He should have been reelected. He didn't, didn't get reelected. Um, when I say he should have, I meant, you know, for his own political career. He didn't. I think the Republican Party will move on. They've seen the damage done. Um, just, you know, they might get somebody uh, more mainstream and more moderate who could win an election. So I, I think, again, he'll he'll be around for a little while. Again, uh, four years from now, I don't think we'll really be talking about him much.
0: You know what's even scarier? When he thought he was running for president, the even more frightening is that he wanted Donald Jr. to run for mayor of New York. And that's even scarier than the one that's already there. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah the Trump brand, I think, has come to be seen for what it is. Um, yeah. You know, look, I, I just saw a flash on one of the networks here How the GOP is warning McConnell will face a backlash if, if they go forward With uh, convicting Trump in, in, in the Senate So, there you go I mean, if if no one's willing to hold them accountable for this If not enough Republicans are Once again, well, all for what? And, you know, only during the Trump era Did I ever think we had to totally re- revise Or review and revise the powers of the president's. I never really thought about it before. Uh, but mm-hmm. now I do. Maybe, maybe a president uh, does have too much power, um, as, as now we see, gets away with too much. And, and maybe we need to review, I think a lot of people think, uh, the absolute power of the pardon is just too great a power uh, to be exercised without any constraints. I, I doubt. Can he reverse the past.
0: pardons? Can he reverse no. the pardons that he gave? No. He can they, they stay?
1: No, he cannot. He cannot reverse those pardons they they remain the, the pardons remain
0: that's scary because some of them are convicted convicted criminals that's even scarier to let them go out
1: well that, that's the power the, that's the unchecked power of the presidency
0: yeah what about the stimulus plan that bombed out and everybody got not me but twelve hundred dollars and then they, they some people got six hundred some people got none so how are they handling it? he really messed that up big time yeah,
1: look, he messed that up. He messed up his funding of his of his wall. He was offered money, he turned it down. Mm-hmm. Made, made funded out of this special national emergency provision, giving Biden the opportunity to turn it around and, and and retract that because of the provision that the president used. Rather than, you know, when Congress appropriates money, he wouldn't have the power to uh, override that. So he kind of set himself up for of failure there. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see. Can, can the Senate now that the Democrats hold both houses and the presidency, can they get more done? That remains to be seen.
0: Well, how powerful are the Republicans now to block them? Not as powerful as they were before.
1: Not, it's, correct. correct. And them, they're
0: not, not going to let it go through without stamping their feet and throwing a temper tantrum, I'm sure.
1: Right. And, of course, no, they got the, the, the tiebreaker. But, again, not every Democrat will yeah. necessarily stay in line. Uh, without naming names, we know some who are red Red states, uh, you know, walk a very cautious line.
0: How knowledgeable is Camilla Harris to know to, to be, to to break that tie in the Senate? Uh, what what exactly does she, she just does that. Does she do well, policies she, she, or does he ask a question? Yeah. Does he, uh, will, will deal, you know, confer with her before they decide something?
1: Well, you know, the, the vice president, is the way I understand it, really doesn't have any constitutional duty. And I mean that in the fact it's not spelled yeah. out like the president. So I think the vice president will do what the president assigns him to do. And, and of course, their um, role as president of the Senate there. But I, I think, you know, Biden often talks about uh, how close he was with Obama and how he was, in yeah. his words, the last man in the room. Um, so I think he will treat uh, Kamala Harris with that same respect that he got from Obama because I think he sees the benefits of having the vice president as a close ally and someone to bounce things off of. And you know, be more successful. So I, I think they will have a close relationship. I think we will have a highly visible vice president.
0: I hope so. I know that uh, he asked Obama to be in his cabinet, and he said Michelle will kill me. No way. And <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think that Obama. I, I, I don't think, did he yeah, say I don't that? think he's down and out though. I think he's going to use you know, get him to advise or something. <laughs> I guess. Oh, yeah. Did he
1: Did he really? I, I didn't hear that he really had asked Obama. I, I can't imagine Obama as having served as president. It was so
0: something on Facebook or something mm-hmm. on one of the emails, those crazy emails from New that uh, he said, I, got, you know, I got he my wanted him to be that. part of his whatever. I guess he must have asked him to be vice president. I don't think that would work either. <laughs> Not quite.
1: Yeah. I, I, uh, that might be, I don't know. That might be true. It might just be some sort of um, – Social media nonsense. Who knows? I, I have a hard time believing you can ask a former successful president of the United States to take a secondary role. <laughs> you know, I he's out so there living either. his life. They're making a lot of money. He's the man now. Obama's the man. He's He's got his life. He's got it going on. I don't think he'd want to burden himself like that.
0: I think so either. But Biden Biden has a hard vote ahead of him. So what would you say his three major goals should be besides this vaccine that no one can get anywhere? I actually went on five sites today and gave them, well, I was going to lie about my date of birth, but, you know, you can't do that or whatever, see? And they said, we have nothing available in your area at all. And I said, that's really nice. All of all of the ones are in bad, difficult areas in the Bronx or some on the island, and basically they said they're not taking appointments. And the Westchester County Center is not taking appointments either. So that's scary. So what would you say his three major goals are to accomplish besides the, yeah. the vaccine? Yeah.
1: Well, I think based on what you and I talked about earlier, he's going to have to somehow heal this nation. Uh, the division and the animosity has got to subside. Everyone says turn the temperature down. He's got to do that. He has to look at uh, criminal justice reform in terms of you know the, the racial inequality that we see within the criminal justice system. Uh, which then will go a long way to uh, healing the nation. I think he's got to address that, and then I think he's, he's going to have to, you know, get back to our alliances and our standing in the world is going to be important. Uh, I don't know where we would have been if we continued along the path of of denigrating and isolating ourselves, denigrating our allies, isolating ourselves. Um, I, I can't, you know, I always think about Fran. You know, I talk to some of mm-hmm. my, like, you know, Trump supporter friends. If, if Obama had stood on the world stage and sided with Putin over his own intelligence agencies, could you imagine what the reaction would have been yeah. from the right about what we should do to Obama for that? That, to me, was was you know ethically treasonous, not criminally, but ethically treasonous. Uh, we need to – we need President Biden to sort of reverse that embracing of – uh, dictators and our enemies mm-hmm. and, and those who seek to harm us. It just sends a bad message. It's demoralizing when you don't agree with your own intelligence agencies. Eh, it could have been this. It could have been that. They're wrong. Really? I don't think so. You know, that's, where Trump's get, that's where the president gets his information It's from your intelligence community. You know, and so if they're giving you their, their opinions collectively, and that's why we have so many different agencies that tend to do the same thing, is because each one has a little different take on it. They're looking from a little different perspective, law enforcement versus uh, military versus intelligence versus national security. Uh, is a different take. So if you have one collective opinion, I, I, would, I would respect
0: it. That's scary. Well, the other thing that played a, ne- a definite part in this, see, I did my research today, yesterday too, and more, is social media. I have to commend Facebook and Twitter and Instagram for taking him off of there so that he couldn't have his platform to speak. So I'm sure he's gonna find other platforms. And eventually do you think they're gonna put him back on? So that he could tweet whoever heard of a president of the United States tweeting? I mean really. He, I don't yeah, think they're allowed to have a phone.
1: Well look he he did things that were abusive of his office and he let his people get away with it. We know uh, some of them, Kellyanne Conway got out there, we know violated I think the Hatch Act, she promoted Ivanka Trump's uh wearers, if you remember that on television. Um, yeah. His spokespeople came out and lied to to the country, and they're paid by the taxpayer. They're not paid by Donald Trump. Um, That's not their job. Um, You know, kind of engage engage in politics, thus engaging in politics when they're just there not to do that. And you know, he just he didn't care because again, we see. Wow, how how do we hold the president and and his people accountable? We really can't. It appears so. We have to hope we have a president who doesn't abuse that kind of um, authority. So, you know, I don't think anything will change, but it's certainly worth the conversation
0: Yeah Well, before I forget, on Monday, Robert Bates will be there with the murder is forever And on uh, Wednesday, uh, the author of Winter Witness On the first, the author of The Gaze of Avalon On the third, Paul S. Marks I hope he's okay to do the interview And on the fourth, I'm excited Uh, Iris and Roy Johansson, Blink of an Eye and that's just some of what's happening in February. Oh yeah, and February twenty fourth, the Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child. I am really excited. I hope that all works out. Um, so, could this have been prevented? If he he or would he really wanted this to happen.
1: The capital, uh, the insurrection at the capital. The capital
0: and, uh, and and. and the, and the animosity—he promoted it. I mean, really? Oh, of course he, got up he there did. yesterday I mean, as if it, as if it was nothing. I mean, well, I'm wonderful. I'm those people clapping. I thought, Are you serious? And then we had one up here by the hotel. There's uh, thousands of people in the parking lot uh, with, with cars and everything going crazy over him. I go, like, you need help. But um, yeah. how could this have been? Yeah, yeah,
1: he promoted this. Yeah, if he got wind of it and, and came out with a sincere statement. Not to do it, explaining sort of all the things you and I talked about, how it doesn't represent respectful law and order, doesn't represent the ideals of the Republican Party, um, all of that. Yeah, I, I think it could have been or at least been minimized. Again, his power over his followers is tremendous. And some of them might have been so inclined to move forward and rationalize it, saying, oh, he doesn't really mean it. You know, he's just saying that. But, um, you know, everyone, as everyone said, his, his videos, they're the hostage videos he's speaking but no one he, there's no commitment behind what he says when he calls for peace or unity. So I don't know how much of an effect unless he got out there early and often and made his point clear he might have been able to stop this. Uh but it wasn't in his best interest. He you know, word has it he was really kind of enjoying it as it was as it was unfolding, again, because it's all about Donald Trump.
0: What about the news media? You get you get a couple of different sides when you listen to the media. Because each station or each person delivers the news in their own way. And you could tell which ones are slanted towards him and which are not. And I often wonder whether the commentators in Washington, I listen to them very carefully, you can tell which ones are just reading words just to say what they have to say and which ones actually agree with them which ones don't. So how does the media come into play in this?
1: Well, you know, it's funny. I was always one of these law enforcement guys who didn't have this incredible distaste for the media as law enforcement tends yeah. to have. Uh, you know, they got a job to do, and, you know, we got a job to do, and everyone could criticize the, what everyone else does and, you know, how they go about doing it. Um, I, you know, I don't like certain things in the media, but I think they do a generally good job of reporting the facts. And, and I don't really mind if, if a reporter uh, puts in their opinion uh, saying, oh, the president did this, isn't he great, or the president of that, and isn't he you know, abusive. As long as what they're reporting is the truth. That to me is a critical yeah. thing. Just report the truth. Then if you want to make a commentary, all right, you're a public figure, make a commentary. I could agree or disagree, but I just want the facts. I don't want the facts muddled or, or you know, just glossed over so you can make your point. So say what you have to say, tell the truth, and then if, if, if it's your job uh, to give a commentary as a reporter, do it. I don't mind that. So, you know, give that out. So they have to be truthful, but one of the things that's bothered me um, recently with the media, again, I think generally they're pretty fair, is what I don't like lately. I've seen um, when there's a police shooting, I hear yeah. the first thing uh, I hear from these comments well, why hasn't the officer been arrested? They or, or fired. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I'm a great believer in giving an officer the benefit of the doubt, as I discussed uh-huh. earlier, less investigated. Uh, yeah, police officers are wrong. I'm not saying they shouldn't be held responsible when they're wrong.
0: Of course they should be.
1: And there are some that I think you and I have talked about over the years that were clearly... Uh, just you know, abusive and excessive use of force, uh, but not everyone, and not just the initial videotape or statements from people make it so. And I don't mm-hmm. like when they do that because I think that does poison opinion. And you hear they go, yeah, why weren't they indicted? Well, they haven't been because we haven't put a case together yet. We don't know if he's if he this officer violated the law. Let's look. Uh, you know, it's very easy to sit back and decide you know what's right or wrong based on a video, but um, those videos don't always tell the whole story. And, again, we need to investigate. We need to hear, do the forensics. We need to interview the officer. Uh, so I don't like when they do that because I think that does um, put a sour taste uh, of the officer in everyone's mouth right away before it might be necessary. So the media has a lot of power. Again, you know, we see them sort of as an authority, so to speak, mm-hmm. and we gobble up what they say. So speak your commentary, but speak the truth, and don't poison it with you know, questions like that. You know, up front You'd be like saying "Why well, isn't the president uh, Doing this Before you tell them the facts Tell the facts first Don't poison it With, with that kind of uh, You know, verbiage I
0: wonder how many How many of them Have the integrity To do that Because sometimes They look at something And they jump to The wrong conclusion Oh, well, the police officer That's why I'm doing What I am on February 10th Because they're going To talk about You know, what goes right What goes wrong How I handled it When I was working What what maybe they Should have done now I mean, just to George Floyd alone st- started a whole big mess. What, cra- what what worries me is that George Floyd had COVID-19. He was um, uh-huh. he was diagnosed with that when he died. And I'm wondering how his family if anybody got it, or if it all those people that you know protested not protested, well, you know the protested or rallied with him got it also. It it, it it's, it's scary. And they haven't said anything about those officers yet. Have They haven't done anything. They're out there doing whatever they're not even in jail.
1: Yeah, well, again, let, let let everything uh, run its course. Let everything run its course.
0: That's scary. That is scary. Yeah. So to change the subject a little, are you writing anything new that I'm going to get? I'm not. You know, um, I mean, I guess the good news
1: is over the years um, I've become an entrepreneur. Um,
0: I own some <laughs> businesses
1: now. I got employees. Uh, you know, my son works with me now full time because my businesses have grown. Um And my other two sons also are kind of part of my board, so to speak. They help out running the businesses. So it's gotten to the point where this is really my full-time work now. Um, Hopefully soon I'll start stepping away, and, you know, one of my boys will take over the operations here as we bring on more people. So, um, yeah, I went from FBI agent to entrepreneur. Uh, That's what's keeping me busy. Uh, But, again, if I start stepping away uh, in the next year or so and have more time, I I do have a story I'd like to write. Um, Okay. This this has got to take priority right now, um, you know. And then when I have more time, yeah,
0: I could do it. Well, I wrote one, and I'm I don't know how people are going to react to what I wrote because I just wrote something that was totally over the top, and I'm waiting for my um, editor, who um, might not just who might decide not to do it because the person does believe in the other person, and I didn't say anything. I just said, you know, please edit my book. Um, the title of the book is. Population Zero. No, I'm serious. Population Zero. Um, I created nine worlds. They made them up, so you can't tell me that, I, that I'm wrong. And nine different worlds that you would never want to live in. Then I invited a dead person to come back and describe what they see and how they would feel about living in this world, and that's just part of what I wrote. So I don't know how people are going to feel about it, but basically it's Population Zero, a world without people. What would you do if that happened next? You know no. what it is? This whole... Pandemic and everybody not paying attention I just thought it would be different Than something else And the one before just called What if What if you lived in my world would you start acting like a normal person in this world So what would you say to the public What do they have to do In order to bring everybody I mean there's a lot of racial tension I mean up here in Westchester I was surprised that there were extremist groups And white supremacist groups And stickers all over the place And the police up here They don't tolerate anything At all, which is good. And then I heard, um, I won't say which mayor, a mayor's wife say she was running for a borough president, but she wants her borough to have no law enforcement. Now, how would that work? I'm serious.
1: Say that again. She wants what now? Borough? She wants to run for borough
0: president of whatever borough. I won't say which one. She came out with this a while ago and said that if I win, I don't want any law enforcement, any fire department, or any police. I will run this myself. I was trying to figure out how.
1: Well, first of all, I, I doubt she'd have the authority to do that. The borough is just the borough of the city. It's kind of like, you know, yeah. these states say, oh, we're going to sec- secede from the union. Um, I doubt she has that authority. Uh, she sounds like an extremist. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. after uh, the defund the police uh, issue came up, I, I was on you know several media outlets talking about it. And look, you know, we, we all know I lean to the left. You know, I'm a little bit of a liberal, you know, socially. And um I said, look, this is this ridiculous it's a ridiculous comment, it's a ridiculous concept of doing away with police. We need to maybe reform police work and, and look mm-hmm. at improve it, no question. You know, we have you know issues in there as as we discussed. Uh certainly we can't have, you know, racial imbalance in the exercise of police powers. Uh we can't have excessive force being used. Uh but To defund the police is just an overreaction. That just sounds like some extremist looking for, um, you know, another way in. Like maybe if I just do something completely different, say something totally outrageous, I'll get some attention.
0: Uh,
1: Hopefully this person will not win.
0: There's there's one other issue that – I've got to put this on my other ear – that bothers me is that education has really fallen by the wayside. And how do you explain this to kids? I mean, I worry every day my two nephews go into school. They have nine kids in the class. They sit behind a plexiglass, and yet I worry because one of their teachers had it once, and they had to stay home for two weeks. I, I worry about that. I mean, one of my other nieces' school, the kids are in school, and the teacher someplace else. She's not even in the building. She does a video feed. So education mm-hmm. has taken a drop, and I wonder if the president is going to address that. I mean, the schools, I think, in New York are open, and knowing how the school that I worked in I wouldn't walk in there. It was never really sanitized the right way. I mean, we used to get sick back then. So, what do you think about? How do you tell a child that this is happening? How do you explain to them that somebody decided to break in to the Capitol and deface American property? How do you talk to them about that?
1: Yeah, you know, my wife was um, a special ed teacher, uh, her career, and she was actually going to work one more year and then retire, but. Mm-hmm. She said, you know, the school's open here. She said, I'm not going back. You know, she, she's not risking it. So um, right. Yeah, and, and for the last latter part of the previous school year, she went online with her students. And, you know, it's, it's one-on-one, very intense work. She has, um, uh, you know, very um, disabled kids that she works with. Um, so they did the best they could. Uh, you know, my kids are grown. I'm kind of glad I didn't experience this as a parent with young kids. Uh, um, mm-hmm. I look back I have three boys I look back on those days I, You know uh, I, I gotta just say I, I remember um, When I was in New York Working narcotics um, mm-hmm. It was during the, the winter break And A lot of us we were young people You know young guys and gals And we had young kids at home And there was like a flu going around Or cold We were all getting sick and we're all coming in the office trying to take turns, you know, snoozing on the couch somewhere because none of us mm-hmm. want to be home with the kids at home. You know? So we're all coming in deathly ill. Um, but uh, it'd be difficult. I- I'm a great believer that y- you speak honestly with kids. I raised three boys. I mean, mm-hmm. they were you know, not super young, but you know, went through 9-11. Uh, you know, we went through, they were aware of things I was doing um, in law enforcement. Uh, I-, I don't really see this as a great challenge. Uh, we have this pandemic. Here's what we have to do to be safe, and we're going to do it because it's the right thing to do for us and for our neighbor uh, and your classmate. What's, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with being considerate to the others? Uh, you know, these kinds of, right. oh, the right, I don't have to wear a mask. It's all about control. I remember seeing that from these Facebook posts and saying, who? who who's trying to control you? <laughs> and what are they accomplishing by saying wear a mask? Well, what's the end game here of this great cons- mask conspiracy? It, it just made no sense. So I don't think this is a tough one. I think it's only tough because of the way the president, President Trump, handled it. Um, but it was very simple. We have a d- disease. We've got to do this. We've got to lock down. But how do we come up with a plan? Uh, there's a plan we could have done to help businesses stay afloat. You might have won. Keep people. Yeah, yeah. But we could have done that. We didn't have to do a total lockdown and you know put people out of business because we didn't know what to do. But you know, look, uh, if we helped all these restaurants shift to carryouts and you know curbside yep. things early on. Um, these other places Look I was part of a pool hall team And I had to stop going Though their guys are back But if we came up with another plan To let them do other things You know again Curbside or whatever And you know again PPP loans to the companies That needed them Not to those who got them um, well, We could have done this We could have you know, saved the economy To a degree Saved people's livelihood And gone through this But we totally threw our hands up On on that level well, And, that and that's everything why we are where we area. are
0: we, I had no hairdresser for three months For real we had no restaurants for three months. I mean, it was in the Bronx. Up here, if you were lucky, you could call the diner, and, and he was closed for a month and a half. The pizza place was closed for two months. I was like, what am I going to eat? The only thing that's been open the whole time is a bakery. And if you don't walk in with a mask, they're going to kick you out, which is good. Good. We go into the drugstore. That's all I go, to the bakery, and I make them bring it outside. And the And the pharmacy, that's it, my two places to go. Because I won't go inside a restaurant. I won't eat inside a restaurant. I'm afraid. And I see oh, them I won't inside. Uh, we don't, yeah. And I see them inside with no masks because they're separated, but that doesn't mean anything to me. And every Tuesday, I call the diner and I go, Did you have my pea soup ready? Please make sure that you bring it out. And how much is it? I'll pay you over the phone with the charge card. Uh, I'm getting, you know, like you get paranoid. You get worried. You don't want to, whatever. But oh, yeah, look, uh, a
1: lot of my friends are still doing the activities we were doing. Again, my pool hall, I yeah. play tennis twice a week indoors. A, guy, so a lot of the guys are still doing that, and they fault me for,
0: yeah, you know, are. being
1: ultra-cautious. But, uh, you know, we made, we've made we made a decision, and uh, I'm just going to stick with it now.
0: I just hope and pray that in a couple of months we'll have the vaccine, and everybody will. I'm afraid of that vaccine because of the definite the um, side effects, the allergic reactions. So I had my food allergies done. I'm waiting to find out what they have in today. I don't think there's – I call Moderna, and there's no egg protein. There's no antibiotics. There's no preservatives. There's no milk protein, and I'm not sure about seafood. He didn't think so. But if you go to call Pfizer, they won't talk to you on the phone. You have to go on their website to get answers, unless, of course, you need um, money to pay your bills, whatever. So I want yeah. to thank you so much. This has been very enlightening and interesting. And if you decide you want to talk about another topic again, just let me know. For you, I'll fit you in. <laughs> I'll only do three no, shows a week. But this, but this week I did. Unfortunately, I won't say who the author was that didn't show up yesterday. I was kind of like, you got to be kidding me. But it doesn't matter. But thank you so much. And like I say, at the end of every one of my broadcasts, it was on the highway. And Cuomo put this, and then I sort of related it to myself. One small ask, everyone. When you go outside, please protect me. I'll protect you. Don't go outside without wearing a mask. Really important. Yeah. And social distancing and stay simple. safe. Thank you so much, Mike. Everybody have a great day, and bye.
1: Bye-bye,